going to be awesome. Uh, so I want to come around the word this morning and the title of the message today is The Cloak. So I'm also talking about a garment, Steve. Uh, and uh, I was talking to my mum on the phone. I'm very blessed to have a praying mum. Hands up if you've got a praying mum. They are mighty advocates. They are a force of God nature. They are not to be underestimated. They are a superhero in their own right. The advocating prayers from the heart of a mother, it's wild. And uh, as, as I was speaking to her, and my mum's been praying for me my whole life. And I'm so great. It's priceless. And uh, she had a vision that she was sharing. And I was on my knees, which is a position that I've grown accustomed to this year. I feel like we're in a time in the earth where the bound knee, the bended knee, humbly before the Lord is an appropriate posture. I feel like the Lord is reorientating the church back to reverence and humility and to be bowed before the Lord. It feels right to me. I find myself driven to my knees many times recently. And uh, she saw these garments laid over my back in this position. And the, the, the last garment was a golden garment. And the garment underneath that was a, a green garment. And these things signify miracles and the wonders of God. And the next garment was a royal purple garment. And the Lord makes us righteous in him. And the garment that sat underneath all these beautiful things was sackcloth and ash. And if you walk with the Lord... And if you wholly give your life over to him, you know the reality of the sackcloth and ash. And I feel like I'm sitting in a room of people that have done a walk and know the reality, the beauty and the humility of the sackcloth and ash. I'd say the foundation of a life in Christ is sackcloth and ash. It's surrender. It's a life on the altar. When we step into Jesus, we hand the rights over to him as Lord, not just as Saviour. And it, the sackcloth and ash, it signifies repentance and loss and humility and coming from dust and returning to dust uh, and the reality is if you walk a grown-up walk with Jesus, we know we are the dust and he is the breath of life. Can I get an amen out there? <laughs> uh, it's, it's this constant motion of laying down our will and taking up Christ, of laying down our will and taking up Christ, of laying down our will and taking up Christ. And I would say the foundation of miracles is humility. A friend of mine, a ministry friend, Simon McIntyre, that Hearts and I journeyed with as young, um, evolving ministers, says, you haven't lived unless something has died in you. And I would say, you can't fully enter into life in Christ unless you lay down your will, a death to self. And I think the parts that hoodwink us and hamstring us are the self parts, which are still trying to have a little bit of authority in our life. It's the Christ parts that set us free into freedom, into wholeness, into wellness. Amen. Uh, so I've been uh, roaming through 1 Kings recently, and 
love the story in 1 Kings 19. We see Elijah, the original move of God. And he meets Elisha, the new move of God. And at this point, Elijah threw his cloak over Elisha. He threw the fullness of his ministry weight over the young disciple. He cloaked him with his mantle and he effectively ordained him in that moment and called him forth into his future. And at this moment, Elisha asked, please let me kiss my mother and my father goodbye. He asked for relational grace at this crossroads of the new call. And Elijah said, yes, but don't forget what I've done. Don't forget your ordination. And today I want to say, don't forget your ordination. Dave, don't forget your ordination. Don't forget what the Lord has cloaked you and called you into. Sometimes life and the world and the hustle and the pressure wants to corrupt our reality, our conviction, our clarity on what we carry, what we stand for. It wants to bring a a confusion about what we carry and what we stand for. But in Christ, he brings a, a vitality and a and a crystal clear knowing, and in atmospheres, and in moments of encounter, he reminds us who we are, what we're here for, and we get called back to full attention, and the house of God is meant to call us back to full attention, so we're not drifting and swaying in this life, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so Elijah said yes, he he called him up, and the first thing that Elisha did at this crossroads in his life, in this ordination moment, is he burnt the yoke and he sacrificed the oxen. He actually brought the ministry of his last season. He had been spending his days driving the oxen. He brought the yoke and he brought the oxen. He brought the ministry of that last season and the work of his hands. And he he set it up as a sacrifice uh, And he served his family a feast from the sacrifice of the last season, an offering for the new season. And I I find that the Lord is requiring all of us to be on the altar, all of us from the old, all the formation, all the walking with God to come forth and be put on the altar, the fullness on the altar. I feel like the Lord is requiring the fullness of our life from the old season on the altar for the new season in this time. Perhaps this was a sackcloth and an ash moment for Elisha, a death of the old of sorts as he was reborn into the new. So then he left and he followed Elijah and he became his right-hand man. He occupied the position that God had invited him into. And the foundation for our ministry life is an altar. The foundation for our life with our families in our business places, the foundation for our life in Christ is an altar. And the rhythm of a life aligned to the kingdom is laying down and letting go, laying down and letting go, laying down and letting go, laying down and letting go. We've got to find the rhythm 
of the kingdom. It's laying down and letting go. It's laying down and letting go. We've got to get in sync with the rhythm of the kingdom. It's laying down and letting go. It's laying down and letting go. And when we're out of rhythm, it feels off. It feels wrong. We've got to get in the rhythm of the kingdom. Laying down, letting go. Laying down, letting go. Don't let your heart pull you off course. Lay down, let go. Lay down, let go. The most peaceful people in the kingdom are the ones that are aligned. There is no internal grappling. The will is not trying to coerce them off to the side. Their hearts are aligned and therefore their hearts are free. It's a beautiful place in Jesus' mighty name. I feel like I'm returning to my dancing days. Once upon a time in a previous life, I was a dancer and it was fun. <laughs> Still there. So I was, um, I was crossing the car park to church a few weeks ago and I had this vision as I was walking across and I saw myself um, wrapped in Jesus' everyday ministry garment. You know, he wore that garment that we see in all the pictures, that light linen wraparound thing. And I saw myself in that and I was fully wrapped, like even partly over my face. I was immersed in the covering of Jesus. And one of my favorite scriptures, probably a life scripture, is the Lord clothed Gideon with himself. It's the safest place on the planet. The Lord clothed Beryl with himself. The Lord clothed Annie with himself. The Lord clothed Mel with himself. The Lord clothed Lestelle with himself. So the Jews of Jesus' day wore two garments. They had an interior tunic, an undergarment, and a more costly exterior cloak or an outer garment. This cloak was used not only as a jacket or an overcoat during the day, but also as a covering to sleep under at night. By Mosaic law, the outer cloak was an inalienable possession that could not be withheld from a debtor overnight. It represented the person. The cloak was the person. Um, this is the Jewish equivalent of someone giving their word or signing on a dotted line in agreement. The garment represented the person. A person was epitomized by their cloak. The outer cloak would represent the occupation of the person. It was their very identity. Now, when sin came into the world, Adam and Eve immediately realized that they were naked and they tried to clothe themselves with cheap fig leaves. But God came and he killed an innocent lamb and it used it to properly clothe them and to properly clothe us. Sin, this is all the things that separate us from oneness with God, all the things that bring a compromise and a disconnect from our relationship with God. It leaves us naked and vulnerable and the world tries to tell us that we can make our own cloak. 
the world is having a red hot shot at telling the younger generation with distorted identity that they can make their own cloak and that they will be in peace and that they will be fulfilled in the distortion of that. There is one cloak. There is one version of wholeness and it comes from the Father and it's represented through his Son and released into our hearts and life. Wholeness is in God. Identity is in Jesus. Peace is in Jesus. Wholeness is in Jesus. Do not be swayed by the sound of the world. There is one path to wholeness. There is one path to peace, and it's in Jesus. The world tries to tell us that we can be our own person and trust in ourselves to get by in this world. Who's given that a shot and found out it doesn't work very well? <laughs> yes, amen. Loads of us. It tries to tell us that we can clothe our spiritual nakedness by our own means. The lies of the world are that we don't need anything or anybody else to make it in this world, but we can form our own identity, form our own cloak by ourselves. Sewing fig leaves together by our own power cannot properly equip us to make it in this world. Only a cloak provided by the sacrifice of the Lamb of Jesus Christ will properly clothe us in the Spirit. We are spirit beings. We cannot redeem ourselves. We cannot redeem ourselves. Only Jesus can bring redemption. Only Jesus can bring wholeness. Only Jesus and it says in John 15:22 in the King James version if i had not come and spoken unto them they had not had sin but now they have no cloak for their sin it's the heart of a father and it's the heart of a son to cover us and to cloak us but to put on the robes that god had made for them adam and eve had to give up the fig leaves we have to hand over our fickle attempts at getting our life right and tidy and perfect. And we need to allow the Redeemer to do the work of the Redeemer in our lives. They had to give up their own attempts to form their identity. They had to give up their own attempts to be self-reliant and stable. Self-reliance is the great deception of the modern-day church. Self-reliance is the great deception of the modern-day church. I can do it on my own. I can sort it out myself. I can redeem myself. I know this pattern of addiction. I'll get off it eventually. I'll work it out myself. No, when we bring things into the light, when we come with humility, when we put ourselves on the altar, self reliance and its gnarly back is broken and our hearts are soft and contrite before the Lord and then anything is possible. Anything is possible on the foundation of humility. It's so powerful. Amen. Compared to the life abundantly that Jesus gives, the cloak of sin is withered fig leaves. It's a cheap counterfeit. It will rob our future. It will rob our joy. We deserve better than that. 
Jesus had a robe of righteousness for us and it will grant us full access to heaven and it will grant us access to a life of peace on earth. Do you know what humanity really needs? Peace. Not a fancy car, not a fancy house, not a perfect looking family, a peaceful family. All humanity really needs, what it seeks, what it grapples for is peace and I know the Prince of Peace. And when we step in step with the Prince of Peace, peace comes into our life. It enters our life when we walk with him. But in order to be clothed with the cloak of his mercy, we've got to be willing to surrender the fig leaf cloak of sin, of striving and human effort. Striving and human effort has got to die. If we could get out of the way and get into his way. Matthew eleven twenty nine to 30 says this. This is what he wants to bestow upon us. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the outer cloak meant more than just the identity of a person. It also represented a person's allegiance and loyalty. It represented surrender and submission to authority. We need to get more comfortable with the idea of submission to authority. When it's the one who loves us, when it's the one who advocates for us, it's the safest submission that you're ever going to know. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. In the story of Jesus' procession into Jerusalem, the scripture says that some of the disciples took off their garments. And they placed them on the donkey for Jesus to sit on. Others began to spread their clothes in the way for the donkey carrying Jesus to walk upon. They threw down their outer cloaks. They took the fullness of who they were, they took their authority. They took their identity. They took their hopes, their dreams, their future. They took everything that they had, everything that had been formed and forged through fire in their life, everything that had cost them, every gentle desire that they'd never even uttered out loud. They took everything that they were, everything they had. They took their very person. They took the mantle of their ministry. They took it all and they brought it before Jesus. And some laid it over the donkey so he could sit on it, so he could preside upon it as he entered into Jerusalem. And others took their garment and they got in step with Jesus. They got in the rhythm of the alignment of Jesus. They got in the alignment of the kingdom and they became a part of the walking procession of worshipping Jesus. And they took their mantle and they got just ahead of the donkey and they lay it down. They cast it before him. And Jesus came.
came, Jesus came, Jesus came, Jesus came over, over the offering. They were a part of the worship. They were part of the procession. They were part of the making the way, making the way. They brought their cloak. They brought their offering. They brought their person. They got in step with the alignment and the sway of the kingdom. And they didn't hold fast. When he moved on, they got ahead again. And they cast their cloak again. They lay it down before him. And they were part of the worship and the way of the kingdom that day making a way for Jesus and we are called to make a way and to cast our cloaks just as the early disciples did our walk is as the early disciples was and they threw down their cloaks along the way along the way along the way our journey our life is an ongoing rhythm of casting our cloaks, casting our identity, casting our hopes in the way of Jesus. We cast our crowns that were never our own. We cast our crowns that were never our own. We lay our identity, our mantle, our cloak, our call at His feet in submission, in reverence, in worship, because if we're not careful, we begin to identify with the cloak and the gifting and the call and the anointing. And we identify with that over the person of Jesus. All of this came through Him. All of this is because of Him. The anointing is not our own. The giftings are not our own. The cloak is not our own. It's to be submitted and to be cast before the one who formed, forged and fashioned in us in the first place. It is cyclical. It is to be held lightly and it is to be offered, not to be preferred over him. See, the children of Israel journeyed in the wilderness 40 years in the same cloak. And the same clothes. And when they got to the end of that 40 years, the preservation lifted, the grace lifted. After 40 years of the clothes and the shoes being durable and sustained, there was a grace over their clothes in that season. But when they got to the edge of the promised land and they were being called into the new, the grace lifted from their clothes. And they lost their durability and they were called into a new season with new garments. If we are stuck wearing the same old things from seasons gone by, from seasons gone by, and we identify with it, we're going to miss the grace of the new. He's calling us into the grace of the new, the fullness of the new. We're at a crossing over time, a laying down of the old and a stepping into the new we get out of the way we get out of our way and we get into your way we get out of our way and we get into your way I'm going to ask us to stand right across this room and I'm going to ask 
you to join me in an act this morning. The Lord is asking us to cast our cloaks. He's asking us to present our mantles in fresh submission, in fresh worship. And so I'm going to ask you to take something that represents a garment or a cloak to you. And I'm going to ask you to take it. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. And some of you are going to take a moment. I'm going to ask you to cast your cloak at the altar. I'm going to ask you to acknowledge before the Lord, I present my cloak, I present my mantle, I present my future in submission to you, Jesus. I want to be part of the way, preparing the way, preparing the way for Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you to come and I'm going to ask you to cast your cloak and you can remain if you want or you can return to your seat. But I'm inviting you to take a moment to acknowledge before the Lord for some, what's been a life of worship, a life of making a way for Jesus. There are people that have spent many years making a way for Jesus. But come afresh, acknowledge Him, acknowledge Him today in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We cast our cloaks in Jesus' name. Jesus! 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 
their cloak in the harvest field and they laid on the ground and they gathered the harvest into their garment. They gathered the harvest that they took up in their own hands, Jewish children, and they gathered the harvest into their cloak and they wrapped the cloak and they carried the harvest that was assigned to them, that was gathered by their hands in the garment of their lives. And children, Jewish children, learned to gather the harvest from a young age in the garment that was assigned to their life. And today I speak to us as a company of people and I see the garment and the mantle and the giftings and the brilliance and the uniqueness of who you are is to be laid down to carry the harvest, to carry the harvest. And I say, open your eyes to the harvest. It's all around, it's all around, it's all around. Your sphere, the harvest is ripe and it is waiting in your sphere. And I speak to the mothers with little children and I speak to the healthcare professionals and I speak to the teachers and I speak to the educators and I speak to the policemen and I speak to the business owners. The harvest and your mantle are to be interwoven. The mantle of your life, the cloak of your life is purposed to carry the harvest. And so I call forth today fresh anointing, fresh boldness, fresh clarity in your sphere of influence, the harvest that is assigned to your life, that it would be wrapped in the mantle and the cloak of who you are, your uniqueness, your unique DNA, boldness in the schools, boldness in the workplaces, boldness in the places of leisure, that we would carry the harvest, wrap up, own, hold, occupy the harvest in Jesus' name.